they'll come back in a thousand years to check on the planet, see what we've done to it. Like, ah, shouldn't have left those monkeys unattended. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Philip. I'm coming to you from the uh, campus of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of them before. No. Is that a school I should know? <laughs> it's like a community college. Okay. They call it MIT for short. Well, um, that's clever. I guess it's because they can't remember, you know, big words. Just go as yeah. big words. Um, Massachusetts is not an easy word to spell. I can't blame them for that. That's true. <laughs> Actually, see, that's how smart they are. They said, well, we can reduce that to M. <laughs> and then I-T, it, MIT. Um, it's very cool to be here. I'm actually in town for a film festival, uh, the Independent Film Festival of Boston, something like that, IFF Boston, okay. um, where I am showing a short film, a new short documentary I have out called Rewalk, which is also the name of this exoskeletal device that um, we filmed some hmm. veter paralyzed veterans um, they have no oh, yeah. paraplegic veterans they have no use of their they have legs but they don't have mm -hmm. any use of them they learn to walk with these these uh, exoskeletal robotic legs it's cool that's pretty cool pretty amazing so we're showing that tonight um hope people will enjoy it and then we're also showing it this weekend uh, i think by the time this goes up the festival will have ended uh, if I happen to get this up <laughs> earlier, um, playing uh, Thursday night at the Somerville Theater and Saturday afternoon, IFF Boston. So uh, when I was looking for a hotel to stay at, uh, uh, I think as I was mentioning to you before the show, I was scanning the map of Cambridge, uh, often have stayed in Harvard Square, which I enjoy. That area, that immediate area there was booked up. So I had to decamp from Harvard to MIT area. And I saw a cafe called the Miracle of Science Cafe. And there's a hotel right across the street, so I just booked it. Ah, but the question is, what do they serve at the Miracle of Science Cafe? Well, I do know that the menus are in the form of the periodic table. Huh, okay. So they serve, I guess, every element. <laughs> I mean, they don't, don't order anything from the bottom part of the table. No. <laughs> it's probably radioactive. That's the, well, that's, yeah, that's the after hours. <laughs> <laughs> That might, or, or happy hour, I don't know. Un, unhappy hour. <laughs> um, but it, it's, I was disappointed to find once I got here that the Yelp reviews for the Miracle of Science Cafe aren't so great. Yeah, hard to believe. But pizza, I'm always impressed with pizza in Boston. Pizza in Boston is excellent. Last yeah. night I had some amazing pizza. There's a place called Oath Pizza. One of these uh, artisanal uh, craft-your-own pizza places. Mm. And the thin crust, super good. Tonight, I'll be going to another place. I'm sampling the pizza of Boston. So, um, from these weighty matter matters of lodging and food and <laughs> on the campuses of the great universities of the world, what the if there was... Okay, so I'll presage this. Tell me about... The, there was an article we saw published this week. Actually, this suggestion, no, now I'm remembering, this suggestion comes to us from um, 
Kyle Crichton, a uh, one of our most devoted listeners, and uh, therefore one of our biggest ifers. All right. Um, he's a he's uh, working his way up. He, maybe he's a one star ifer at this point. He might work <laughs> his way up to four star ifer, and. Um, he had suggested an earlier idea uh, about our epi- that spawned our episode about the magnetic poles flipping, which was excellent. And he is always scouring the internet for legitimate science news. Um, not an easy task. And uh, right. <laughs> he uh, forwarded to me, uh, mentioned to me an article he discovered uh, that was published just this week. And uh, did you also see that? I saw the headline, but I have not read the paper itself. Yes. What was the headline? Oh, the headline was, um, we might not be the first or something like that. Um, the, uh, suggestion being that there could have been a whole other technological civilization here on our fine planet before our current one. Yes. Yes. And I confess that uh, when Kyle mentioned this to me, I uh, immediately reacted, well, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And as, I, as is my want, I had all kinds of reasons why you can't just make us highly, techn- like our civilization, you can't just make it disappear. Mm-hmm. It would be obvious, right? There'd be ruins, ruined buildings or different kinds of things. And, but then upon reading the article, which I should have done before I opened my mouth, uh, I learned um, it's published in Scientific American, which is, is a, a surprising plus, and in terms of its legitimacy, I think. And then it described how, how actually, uh, given enough time, a city, uh, an entire civilization could disappear, leaving very few traces. So that was a fascinating concept. That's uh, some kind of scintillating idea. For yeah. this, b- before I, uh, we dive in and we, we jump into the if vat, uh, the giant vat of if that we have swir- spinning up here. It's, it's still <laughs> still kind of warming up, so I don't want to, it's a little cool, cold right now. I don't want to jump in just yet. Uh, for his efforts, Kyle is going to receive a wonderful little gift from our sponsors, the Unemployed Philosophers Guild, uh, makers of fine, funny toys and gifts. Oh, Kyle is a lucky fellow. Kyle's very lucky. He um, will receive uh, some kind of a finger puppet of a science, a uh, scientist of a science, finger puppets of science, <laughs> a scientist. Uh, so, you know, when he raises his finger in... Uh, knowledge, you know, at a cocktail party, he raises his finger with great uh, to say something very smart and with great certainty, and to win an argument, he could have a scientist on that finger. Oh, that would really help. Yeah, he almost wouldn't have to say anything at that point. You know, oh, Madame Curie, yes, I bow to your <laughs> your, your expertise. Yes, that is one smart digit. Uh, so um. That, Kyle, that'll be uh, off to you ASAP. I apologize for being slow to some of our earlier listeners as well. Um, the Unemployed Philosophers Guild. Um, it's not their fault. It's my fault for being employed <laughs> and not having as much time as I could if I were unemployed and could ship these things faster. But they're coming at you. Uh, philosophersguild.com is the site of the Unemployed Philosophers Guild. You can check out all their cool stuff. They make plates of the planets. 
They have finger puppets mm-hmm. of many scientists and many philosophers and other things. They yeah. aren't just science. Cuddly Einstein dolls. Yeah. Cuddly Einstein and many bobbleheads, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds right. Sounds about right. And uh, lots of mugs. I'm always a big fan of this. Uh, mugs that when you pour something hot in them, it changes. Like, oh, uh, yeah. I think there are dinosaur bones on the outside mm-hmm. of the mug. And when you put something hot in there, the dinosaurs come to life. I used to have one that was the Star Trek transporter. So Kirk and Spock would beam off. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, that was a good one. That's fantastic. All right. The vat is uh, plenty warm now. It's starting to bubble. So let's dive in. Good. Again, we'll have better sound effects when we have a budget. (laughs) We have sponsors, but they're, they're free gifts. We're giving them away. So when we have a sponsor, they're really, you know, Gives us hordes of cash. Money, yeah. First thing I'm going to do is buy sound effects. I'll start with MP3s, but I'll work my way up to AIFF and wave quality. So, what the if there was an entire fully, uh, I don't want to say fully evolved, because... Fully technological? Fully technological. Okay. uh, Society had... uh, yeah, creatures had evolved that had brains and like ours mm-hmm. and perhaps better. Um, how is that at all possible? Like we would totally know that. For instance, I love the movie Stargate. Uh, the movie Stargate. I love the TV show better than the, the, sh- movie. the show. Yeah, yeah. So, but Stargate, you know, said that uh, the pyramids were actually alien ships built by aliens mm-hmm. and things like that. Right. Um, so, but, but even there, there's relics in our midst so we can see them. We just aren't aware of their alien or high technology mm-hmm. um, aspects. Yeah, their, their origin. Um, but this says is, that they like, would just be gone. Right. So one thing to you know, sort of ground this is that to think about the, the time scale of civilization as we know it. So say civilization is 10,000 years old. That's probably... About our, right, our civilization, yeah. our civilization, right? Um, and human beings have been around for like four million years, right. so that's enough time for let's see here a hundred civilizations of our sort to have arisen and fallen. In in what time period? In you mean since the but, beginning? So we could have had a hundred ten thousand year civilizations. In the time human beings have been modern humans. Oh, wow. I didn't even, I was thinking, oh, this goes back many hundreds or. And then, so that's just for humans. So if we're doing a whole other species, we've got 65 million years back to the dinosaurs. So that gives time for 15 species like us to have evolved. 15 consecutive. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, that's that would be kind of absurd, right? Um, but it's that's the that's the potential in the time scale. That's how much time we have to play with um, these vast stretches of time. Because our civilization seems old to us, but it's this tiny drop in the bucket compared to the Earth and yeah. to biology. I think that's something people don't realize is that even I think if you asked people how old is human civilization, they would just say millions. Mm-hmm. Without, you know, not thinking, oh, that's how old the skeleton Lucy is 
or right. one of the oldest skeletons wherever that have been found in Africa or wherever, like it's 10,000 years. And that only takes us back. There was the pyramids of Egypt. Mm-hmm. I think Stonehenge is three, 5,000 years Stonehenge, old. Stonehenge is really hard to date, but a few thousand. Yeah. It's like, uh, I think when I was there, it said it was maybe 3,000 BC. Yeah. Anyway, the, the pyramids are 5,000 years old. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I think the, the great pyramids of Egypt and um, I think Angora Watt, others of the great monuments which survive um, go back some thousands of years, but, but five is a lot. And so 10,000 takes us back to what? The that first settlement? Like that's right. The dawn of agriculture, sort of the, the, the first time human beings are building permanent settlements of some sort. Yeah. Um, we don't really know because sort of by definition, the historical evidence gets hazy around there. Yeah. 10,000 years gets us back to the first humans that start doing things that we would recognize. That's right. That we would recognize as, as civilized. Right. I believe that the mm-hmm. um, cave paintings in France that are some of the oldest, that are maybe the oldest in the world, are about 30,000 years old. I think that's about right. That's the right order of magnitude too, like the ones at Les Aziz. Um, and those are amazing. Right. Um, so, yeah, so that's some kind of proto-civilization there, right? Right. Now, none of those are blueprints. None of those are blueprints <laughs> for hovercrafts. Absolutely. As far as we know. I mean, they might be blueprints for, maybe they, you know, they controlled biology and that these, the animals that are pictured on the walls were actually engineered by yeah, them. Yeah, maybe that's maybe the the cave paintings were shopping lists for genetic engineers. Right, right. And we can we can build you a a deer. We can build you a mastodon. Right, right. And to be clear, by the way, one thing we're talking about here is not so. There's a lot of fun pseudoscientific theories about uh, the Nazca lines in is that Peru. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that there's a number of things built by ancient civilizations that were hypothesized to indicate that aliens were visiting here, or there's other ones that simply say, oh, the, the ancients had more technology than we knew about, things like that. This isn't even that. that. Those would still be connected to us. Right. That would still be our civilization. Right. Um, our, the civilization, the, the trajectory of our civilization would have just been a little bit different. If the Egyptians had electroplating or whatever it is that people are thinking about, right? Electroplating. So what we're what we're imagining here is an entire civilization comes and goes and vanishes uh, before human beings, before our current civilization even starts gathering seeds to plant in the ground. Right, and now I'm not sure if this is within your. Um wheelhouse but my first reaction when kyle Crichton, our uh, master ifer who suggested this uh, article when he mentioned it this theory to me my first reaction was that in the gen- in our dna uh there would be a branch off in some direction that would indicate this civilization had existed? Oh, uh, well, it's, um, let's see here. You can only kind of do that 
backwards. So if you have two, you can take two um, samples of DNA uh, and see where they diverged in the past. But if you just have one, it's hard to know whether or not there are other branches. Ah, so Does that makes sense. We would still so like, here's the, we would still they so this uh, as far as I understand it, life on Earth all the way back to the beginning we mm-hmm. believe is connected to our our DNA evolved right from everything's that. got DNA yeah. so it's so it's unlikely that this other civilization that may have existed in the past that rose and fell achieved great technical mastery and then disappeared for some reason. It's unlikely, perhaps even almost impossible, that they would have had like a sep. They wouldn't have had DNA. They would have had right. Some- they must have been part of our our tree of life, as it were. Right. right. Um, so they might be dinosaur people. They might be um, hominids like us. You know, it's um, there's good evidence that the Neanderthals uh, were significantly more advanced than Homo sapiens. In terms of, say, tool use and social organization, really, uh, um, but that we probably killed them off. Yeah, I didn't realize it that they may have been more advanced than us, mm-hmm. and we, uh, well, they weren't so advanced that we couldn't kill them. So, right. yeah, I mean, you know, jokes numbers, on them. Numbers and aggression count for a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. So it could have been that um, they were attacked by a hundred duck-sized Homo sapiens. Yes, right. As as opposed to one. Yeah, and it might be that if their flint axes were slightly better than our flint axes, that that didn't make much of a difference when it came to crushing people's skulls. Right, right. The monolith also that appeared on the earth. The um, monolith made a big difference from what I've heard. Yeah, we got some tips. So um, another objection I had uh, was that, well, We've, we like have fossils, we've studied the uh, geologists and archaeologists have studied the ground, have dug into the ground and discovered things so much that in, in my mind, it, we, we had a completely detailed history of life on Earth. Oh, um, so the, there are probably a small number of sites uh, on the planet, by which I mean, let's say, a couple of hundred that have been explored deeply in terms of paleontology. I think. Um, but usually what you do is you find uh, a good spot, like the Burgess Shale, and then dig down there. So you get, uh, you get a whole um, eons worth of evolution in that one spot. Right? But you just time-wise, you can't do that in every spot on the planet. So, if we were willing to accept that our civilization was um, quite localized in a place where not much paleontology has been done, then it could be, right? Oh, right. So, so that does indicate. In other words, our civilization is quite global, right? We're like, yeah. Is it possible? My impression from the article was that it was saying that um, even our own civilization, mm-hmm. had it been a mil- you know that a million years from now, if we do not maintain our continuity, that we disappear for whatever reason, that even our civilization 
almost all traces of it would be wiped away. Physical traces. Yeah, I think that, that's right. I think this discussion is less about fossils and more about um, material records. Like, will our roads still be there? Right. Um, and the answer is no. Our roads are terrible, right? Here mm. in the, the Northeast, they don't even last a winter, right? We have to rebuild them constantly, wow. right? Um, as opposed to, say, Roman roads, which are still in use a couple thousand years later, but surely not going to be in use a million years later. Um, right. So it's important for people to, to uh, understand how fragile, actually, <laughs> everything <laughs> is. That, that even though you can go to the Middle East and see th- like among the oldest uh, things built by humans, mm-hmm. advanced uh, cities type things. Um, they are only at best some thousands of years old. Thousands. Right. You have to understand that thousands, thousands is like mm-hmm. nothing. Uh, yeah, this is right. We're not very good at thinking about the time scale problem here. Right. Um, but, you know, you look at the Empire State Building, it's concrete and steel and glass. Right. Uh, concrete will weather away and turn into sand. Steel will eventually rust um, and become just a reddish pile. Uh, and in, they said, this is the, the disputed question is it 10,000 years, 100,000 years? At some point, the Empire State Building is just going to be a pile of rusty soil. Right. In fact, if, if we, we understand that, get into the more uh, geologic mindset. The Appala- I believe this is true, that the Appalachian Mountains, for instance, which are at best usually six, 8,000 feet, a very mm-hmm. few of them yeah, get up around 10,000, yeah. um, used to be as high as, used to be as large and as rugged and ragged as the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, Which that's are right. 14, 15,000 feet high. Mm-hmm. And they are, you know, they look like kind of rolling hills. They have been weathered down, so that if if giant mountains, even Mount Everest, for instance, you know, all great mountains will be, can be weathered down. Then. Yeah, that's right. Eventually, Mount Everest will be uh, a place you can take a day hike to the top of, right? Or mm, you drive mm. your station wagon up to the top. Right? Wow, um, it's it's just a matter of time. Right. Um, quite a so, bit of time in that in that place. Quite but, a bit of time. Yeah. yeah. So the buildings, I think, will probably not last very long in terms of what we think of as like houses and skyscrapers and things. Um, But one thing that is probably going to last a long time is garbage. (laughs) Right. So archaeologists love garbage pits. Right. It's like the best find. Um, And we produce so much garbage. Right. That... Even if, you know, even if the plastic takes, say, a million years to break down, right. um, all that, there will be holes in the ground, well, holes in Staten Island, <laughs> full, of, <laughs> full of this weird stuff. Um, and it seems to me that that would be a noticeable thing. Um, these uh, holes full of unusual layers of material. Um, and say for our civilization, since we're throwing away electronics so much, there'll be all kinds of uh, rare earths and heavy metals 
concentrated in these uh, in these holes in the ground. Right. And so that was in in the article they were mentioning that eventually what would give away the existence of an earlier civilization would be substances which do not occur naturally. Yeah. That must have been created by people. Um, Yeah, that's right. So for just, if nothing else, in Hanford, Washington, at the giant nuclear reactor, there's going to be plutonium. um, And someone will say plutonium is not created naturally. Right. Somebody did this. Right, right. So there's there's two possibilities. One, that the evidence for this earlier high-tech civilization that has since vanished, that the evidence for them simply hasn't been found. Right. So that's an easy one. We can say actually, so, so let's answer that question first. You're saying, or let me ask you, a giant landfill of garbage, mm-hmm. uh, let's say they had a bunch of these. Is it really possible that, one, that those exist and we haven't found them right now? Or have we explored that poorly or are they that easy to hide? Um, might, might we be looking at Google Earth? one day as people do which i think is amazing studying the <laughs> photographs right of the land from the air and seeing some pattern that's oh that's actually not an ancient uh what do you call it uh stonehenge type monument mm-hmm. that's uh, a landfill full of uh circuit boards <laughs> yeah i could i mean i could conceive of that right as cuz who's if unless there's somebody out there mapping strontium deposits mm. uh right now right there are um some other clue right we would look for plutonium um but maybe the previous civilization had some other transuranic element that they created uh mm. and we don't usually go around testing for element 113 oh so they might have are you saying they might have created an element that we haven't yet created or you're saying it's sure. just it's just one that we don't use a lot, so we yeah, haven't. that could be. You know, a hundred years ago, nobody had any clue about plutonium. Right. Um, so a hundred years from now, we can have our alarium or whatever. Right. I'm going to guess that the mineral companies have done whatever they can to look through as much of the earth as possible, hunting for these sources of something yeah, valuable, that's really true. and we haven't found that. But um, or it's another, possible that some is it possible? I suppose it's also possible that something we think is a natural source of blue, like some mine that has mm-hmm. a bunch of plutonium, maybe that was built. Yeah, it's an old nuclear reactor, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's wild. Uh, that's totally conceivable, right? Um, whether or not there's sort of good evidence for it would be another question. Right. Um, another possibility for where the evidence could have gone is if they happen to live near uh, a subduction zone, that is where a continental plate is going underneath another continental plate. Right. So if they were 10 million years ago um, and lived on the edge of a subduction zone, that all the record, all the evidence of their civilization would have been dragged underneath. Wow. Um, By the way, so this- shout out to subduction zones. They feature... Very prominently in uh, what the if? Oh yeah, I noticed they're that, pretty kick-ass. Yeah, <laughs> they're kick-ass. They are our first. Uh, they win the award for our first kick-ass uh, thing in what the geological if. feature. Yeah, geological feature. Subduction zones. Fear them. Uh, uh, and res- actually, respect uh, the uh, subduction zone. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but speaking of radioactives, I think another clue. So we're making a lot of assumptions here. Right? One of the right. assumptions is that their civilization is like ours. That is, they did all the same right. steps as us, right? right. Stone Age, right. Bronze Age, Iron Age, right. uh, steam engine, industrial revolution, nuclear age, computer age. Um, and that that's a guess, right? We don't actually know if that's the way civilizations always go. Um, but if they did do that uh, and they lasted a long time, I would expect that they would have used up, say, a lot of the fossil fuels, mm, a lot mm-hmm. of uranium for fission. Um, so one way you might notice is if we have not as much fossil fuel as we should. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Lots that, of empty oil wells. Yeah, that's interesting. Or, yeah. Uh, it reminds me, one, one of the important things about this um, paper, in fact, the impetus for it, I think, was that we, there's plenty of evidence that we, our civilization, is causing global warming. Right. And yet, mm-hmm. in the history, one thing we do know about the history of the planet is that there have been a number of warming periods. Right, warming and cooling periods. Yep. Right, extreme warming and, and cooling. And the question was, well, I wonder if any, the scientists were asking you, I wonder if any of those were caused by a civilization. Is it possible it was caused by a civilization? Ah. And so they're, they're saying, you know, we can go back to this particular time period. And mm-hmm. one of the most amazing items of evidence would be the warming itself. Right. And this is, again, the, the time scale question um, raises its head here. So uh, our current warming period, the, the one caused by human industry, has happened over the course of a couple hundred years right. and the most serious warming in the last, um, in the last hundred. Uh, geological warming periods happen over hundreds of thousands or millions of years. Right. So, so yeah, when the dinosaurs were around, it was a lot hotter and couldn't have been because they were running their steam engines. It could be, but (laughs) they would have had to be running their engines for millions of years, uh, to cause that warming period. And that's a long time, right? We're having trouble keeping our civilization going on an order of centuries. Right. Um, so unless the dinos were much better at things like resource management than us. So not, not only that, it couldn't have been, if it was dinosaurs, I think uh, we can say that around dinosaur uh, bones and things that we found, we would be finding like phasers and calculators. Well, that's, I mean, that would be part of the question, but eventually all of that's going to break down into its component uh, molecules um, just through some kind of natural process uh, of weathering. So unless, you know, tools don't fossilize, well, maybe they do. We don't, we don't actually know that. Um, You know, the oldest tools we have are tens of thousands of years old and that's not long enough for, for proper fossilization. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, So, we don't know if, if, if bones fossilize better than tools, then every dinosaur might have been buried with its own iPad. 
<laughs> but the iPad would have disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> would have broken down into molecules. This say, could so explain this is, Steve. A, this is, could explain Steve Jobs' meteoric rise. That he he discovered one of the dinosaurs' yeah. iPads, or he was one of the dinosaurs. Oh, I could believe that. I could yeah. believe that. Frozen and nice. Uh, I want to give a shout out, but before we go further to this article, because I feel like we're we're really referring oh, to yeah. it a lot. Talking and about um, it. I saw it in Scientific American. Um, it was an article by Adam Frank. And Gavin Schmidt. Gavin Schmidt. Oh, yeah. I know. Adam. You, know them? Yep. you do? Oh. Uh, yeah, he's at University of Rochester, which is my alma mater. Oh, okay, right. And Gavin Schmidt is at the Goddard Institute for Space, NASA's Goddard mm-hmm. Institute for Space Studies. He studies climate. He's a climate modeler. And Adam Frank is an astrophysicist. So that's an mm-hmm. interesting combination. Um, if we were to find what the if we find this evidence? Either there's, there's here are what the if branches into some possible different possibilities. One of them that we find some artifact that's more high tech than something we've already found. So that would be cool. That's like discovering right. an alien. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's the Stargate version, right? Right, right, right. And in fact, this is. Th- th- the thing that's so weird and in, in, in extra intriguing about this hypothesis is that it, they are not aliens, and yet they are aliens to us. Yes, that's right. <laughs> They're, right? They are. That's right. They share our biochemistry. So in that sense, not alien. Um, and they're evolved to live in the same place as us. So we could probably eat their food, for instance. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we could, uh, unlike an alien, unlike discovering alien artifacts, which may or may not be useful to us uh, Mm -hmm. or harmful to us, stuff from a terrestrial civilization is actually much more likely to be helpful to us. Yes, I think that's probably right. And in fact, the problems problems that they would have solved would be problems that maybe we also. Uh, We would have too, right? Yeah. We'd need a special word for this, right? Because they're not—they're not aliens. They're not extraterrestrials. They're—I don't know—intraterrestrials. Intra. <laughs> I like that. Intra- Endoterrestrials. Yes. Yes. Just doesn't have the ring to it, but but that's just because we're not have the ring. To we're, it. <laughs> we're not used to it yet. Uh. Um. But. And again, this raises the, the question of uh, sort of the nature of technological change. Is, is, our tech, is our civilization normal? Is this about the speed at which technological civilizations advance? Right. Or are we really fast? Right. Or are we really slow? Right. We, you know, the, our sample size is N equals one. So we don't know. So maybe it did take the dinosaurs millions of years to industrialize. Yes. The dinosaurs or this intra... Well, the, the dinosaurs as, pre- as the proto, right. as the earlier civilization. Right, right. Um, and but, this, is, this is played with in, in science fiction a lot, too, I should say, like Harry Turtledove's uh, altered history series in which aliens show up at Earth and they're much more advanced than us, but their rate of advance is extremely slow so we were able to catch up with them very quickly um, and then surpass them. Um, and the aliens arrive in the middle of World War II, so all kinds of crazy stuff happens. It's, it's a fun read. 
Right, right, right. So that sounds cool. Um, if if they had caused the global warming, it's possible that they annihilated themselves, which uh, was, would be, be a warning for us mm-hmm. that you can be, you can all die, and not only will you all die, but ev- almost every trace of your civilization will just be wiped <laughs> out. Will be left behind, right? Um, yeah, you'll be you'll be ground into the uh, the ash bin of history, as it were, right? Um, and it's possible. I should say, I'm somewhat skeptical about this. If yeah. um, that is, we the the amount of damage we've done to our planet right. is is all is significant, right? Um, and I suspect future archaeologists will be able to tell the difference between a West Virginia strip mine and uh, a natural geological formation. Right. Right. Um, and the, the radioactive materials we've made have really long half-lives. So plutonium and strontium are going to be there for a long time. So it might be that future civilizations don't, you know, they don't, they don't go the atomic route. So they don't notice radioactivity. Um, that could be right. So similarly, some past civilization may have a completely different branch of technology that just doesn't leave behind things we expect to see. Yes. And if they had a space age, for instance, there was a, a, I'm not sure if it was one of these, the scientists who wrote this article or a different scientist who had proposed a little bit earlier, that if we were to, one place to look for ancient humans is on the moon or Mars. <laughs> if they got out of here. Is that, I mean, would, could they have been a space-faring civilization and we wouldn't know it? That seems, well, I guess it's... Well, I mean, you know, we've explored, what, a... Uh, a square mile of the moon close up true you know some yeah. some tiny amount right yeah um you know in the marvel comics universe there's a whole city on the far side of the moon um <laughs> that we just haven't visited yet right and so so it's not impossible um although i encourage like, i encourage our listeners and, and have you seen some of the the latest photographs that they've actually even turned into videos from the lunar reconnaissance orbiter the LR, oh, yeah. extremely high resolution mm-hmm. uh, images from the moon. Yeah. So I think we'd, we'd have to quickly get into a conspiratorial lands here where mm-hmm. the civilization would have to be, would have to have tried to actively hide itself. Um, you know, there's no boosters left behind in orbit. Mm. Um, yeah. There's no suggestion that, uh, you know, the, the ozone layer didn't, hasn't been punctured in a regular kind of way um but if but those are those are fixable problems if you're a civilization that really wants to hide yourself right and actually i, I was thinking even like oh well there would have to be another one of my objections is if, if they were spacefaring there would have to be things left in orbit but in fact like the mm-hmm. chinese space station just crashed in um at least in low earth or, or the orbit that this international space station is in um things fall pretty soon Right, things don't yeah, that's last. Right. On a, yeah, um, and maybe they're just neat, right? Yeah. <laughs> they 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 had a messy orbit, lower Earth orbit for a hundred years, and they got together and said, you know, we should really clean this up, and they did. Right? There's some um, their 
they're intense environmentalists and they decided they moved off the planet because they wanted to stop ruining it. Oh, <laughs> now that's interesting. Yeah. Let's go ruin something. else. <laughs> that's right. And they'll, they'll come back in a thousand years to check on the planet, see what we've done to it. Right. I love that. That combination Gosh, of have left those monkeys unattended. Yeah. That's right. All right. The monkeys, went, they got out of there. Maybe the, right. Maybe the Neanderthals and early humans were in cages. You know, maybe mm-hmm. we were their pets. Yeah, they dropped us off. They left. We, we, we escaped from the cage on the way to the vet. Exactly. <laughs> um, I like the combination of optimism and just total apathy of like, well, we really want to protect this planet and there's no way we can do it ourselves. So the best thing is for us to leave. <laughs> yep. Because we, we're that. definitely incapable of, let's just go. <laughs> we're a disaster. Our bad. Our bad. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Planet. <laughs> um, if they, yeah, that that's. Uh, I'll leave it. Leave it here. That and and there are science fiction stories like this too. That the idea of them coming back is pretty mm-hmm. fantastic. You'd think that anybody who left would want to know. Now, it could be that they haven't come back yet, but they are watching. That's pretty cool. Uh, yep, they probably left a couple of drones in orbit, right? Yeah, or they're use- wherever they've gone, they're using you know very powerful telescopes um, or gravitational lenses. You know, who knows how far they got away, but they'd be watching and seeing what we've done. That's quite fascinating. Yeah. Ozymandias. Is yes. that how you pronounce no, it? that's right. Yes. The great poem. Also one of the Look best. Look upon my works, ye mighty in despair. Nothing beside remains. Ooh, that was good. Yeah. Uh, t- also, uh, the title of one, of one of the best of the excellent series, Breaking Bad. Ozymandias. Yes, that is true. Yes. That's right. Fantastic. So, at the moment, no one is... Here's one thing that they were shocked by. The guys who wrote this, your friend and his colleagues, mm-hmm. that no one's actually, they were like, no one has actually looked for this. Uh, yep. Has, is that common in the past? Uh, how long does it usually take when a crazy theory is proposed and people actually seriously start looking for it? Oh, uh, well, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to generalize about. Yeah. Um, you know, continental drift was around for decades before anybody took it seriously. Right. Um, and you can find lots of predecessors to Darwin of people thinking about animals changing over time. So there's no, there, there's no easy answer to that. But I think the lesson there is very often we only find what we're looking for. Right. Right. right? And right now we're looking for civilizations that look like us in the past. So. It's can see you need to have some kind of sense of what that civilization might have looked like uh, in order to search for them at all. Right, right. It's interesting. It strikes me as this being slightly more legitimate feeling, not that it is or isn't, but it feels more legitimate in terms of getting support to research as opposed to it's it's kind of identical to saying we should be looking for alien artifacts. On the there Earth. is a little something to that. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I would have, uh, 
I, I would need to be, to be given a, um, a persuasive experimental proposal about what kind of civilization they were looking for. Oh, interesting. Because right, if somebody says, well, I'm just going to go look for stuff. And I said, well, what stuff are you looking for? Right. And so it sounds like if you were to do that, that's actually sort of where my mind was going, is that how would you proceed? I think it sounds like using satellites to search for whatever, whatever the most expedient method is for looking for elements in concentrations mm-hmm. that they shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I say, you know, we talked about radioactive ones like, like plutonium, but there's all kinds of complicated uh, chemicals that we make artificially that would be detectable from a distance. And in fact, this is suggested as, as one way um, we could look for alien civilizations on other planets is if, you know, we can take spectroscopic readings of some exoplanets. And if we find that in their atmosphere, they have these complicated molecules that don't occur in nature. That's a good reason to think there's a civilization there. Oh, right. Now, the sad thing is that there's little hope of finding, unless, you know, unless they came up with some incredible impermeable substance or something was preserved remarkably, there's little hope of actually finding any cultural artifacts of, in other words, all we can find are like these, these, traces like for instance you think of the ancient you know the incredible the valley of the kings in egypt incredible all these paint you know paintings and and written um, things written on the walls and on monuments that we can learn a lot about them Mm -hmm. that that's all going to be gone those go away yep that's right it'll be if they left space artifacts that'll be easier because there's less there'll be less weathering up there right um so maybe that is the place to look. Right. It really it really makes you think about how when we look out and we say we don't see any aliens either, the Fermi paradox. Um, just the notion that things can to- things can have, it's not that odd. In fact, it's, it sounds like it's more common to to understand that. Or you should understand it's more common for a civilization to can come and go, and leave. Yeah make it incredibly hard to find so uh, i suggest um i give a lot of money a lot (laughs) i give some money to um i love contributing to seti search for extraterrestrial intelligence that's charles packing company and i think that there needs to be a search for intra-terrestrial intelligence Mm -hmm. i would fund that so if anybody wants to start that that could be a patreon that could be a kick that sounds like a great kickstarter Okay, yeah, I'm totally down for that. That sounds good. Cool. And uh, whoever finds the first pre-human, highly advanced technological civilization on Earth, we will send you a finger puppet. We'll send you a finger puppet. You know, maybe of, uh, I wonder if they have a Lewis Leakey finger puppet. Or a Darwin. <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows? Or Carl Sagan. Carl's, Carl's always a good default. Um well, this, Hank, this is a real mind bender. It is, yeah. This is a real mind bender. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming with us into this journey into the past where we looked for someone's future. Whoa. This is what happens when you stay at MIT. <laughs> um, Philosophersguild.com is our sponsors. Uh, Kyle Crichton, you are going to be the proud recipient of a wonderful gift 
Uh, it could be a finger puppet. It might be other things. We have some Star Trek journals. We have some Star Trek toys as well. All, all kinds of great things. I'm going to look in there and see. Uh, you'll be receiving that. And um, everyone else, you're listening right now. You have ideas. Something came to your mind. Send it in. We, we love going with ideas from our audience feedback at whattheif.com you can email us Mm -hmm. you can contact us on twitter Uh, and i encourage you to follow us on twitter regardless we have lots we post lots of fun pictures and beautiful pictures and science news and discussions about our previous topics what the if show at what the if show on twitter or on facebook what if page am i forgetting something if you are if you have subscribed to this podcast. Well, if you haven't, go subscribe on whatever podcatcher service you use. iTunes, Google Play Music, whatever. If you, Especially if you've done that and you know about those things, you know how to go there, give us a review on that service, iTunes or whatever. Um, super helpful. Uh, five stars is awesome. And, uh, you know, and write, if you can write a few words, that's great too. Anything you can do there helps give us some extra chance of being found by another civilization millions of years from you know they might they might be looking for podcasts and they're like what are the good ones oh yeah that's right look at this one they just we're the only podcast that survives (laughs) help us be the one podcast that survives to represent humanity in millions of years in the future you can do it leave us a review And even if you just have questions, scientific questions, send those in. Criticisms, you know, I will say this. We have yet to receive any criticism of our Uh, scientific wanderings. Now you've asked for it. Now that's because there just hasn't been a reason for it. But maybe if anything cropped up in this episode. episode. Any any of your thoughts, um, what does this make you think? Where does your mind go after after you hear some of our what-the-ifs? Let us know. Feedback at whattheif.com. Matt... I bid you adieu from the Massachusetts Farewell. Institute of Technology across the street from Enjoy the Cambridge. Thank you. The uh, what is it? The Miracle of Science Cafe. Yes. I, I will go there for lunch. You know what's going to happen next week? We're going to find ourselves together again. I predict sometime between now and a million years into the future, we will be together again, pondering the future alternate futures, alternate histories, etc. And we will say what the if 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 if